from the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of May 4th, 2011 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Yvette and Emil Van Leeuwen, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Max, the intern, will be back in the peanut gallery as soon as he's done getting our out lunch. Fetching. He's out doing intern, intern duty. We need an intern in our house. Uh, in this week's episode, Kathy Worling will tell us about some of the new stores at Downtown Disney. John Magi has advice on dealing with gas prices when driving to Disney. And in a new segment that we're calling Ask the Nether People, <laughs> Yvette and Emil Van Leeuwen will tell us about Disney's audio description service or devices for people with visual impairments. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Now, does that segment come with subtitles? Are you going to be supplying something so we can understand them? Visual. Oh, oh. For, okay. <laughs> we have no trouble understanding Emil. So I'll, I'll you, translate. You will translate. I'll have to clarify. Yeah. No trouble understanding Emil. Um, all right, housekeeping. First and foremost, I just want to send out our best wishes to those serving in the military uh, this week. In light, especially in light of the amazing, amazing event that took place with the capture and head blowing off oh. of Osama bin Laden, um, scoring a headshot on Osama. Uh, and you know what? They, and they can't be recognized. The, the special for service forces that did this can't be recognized because they have to maintain anonymity. This is the ultra elite squad. This is the ultra elite. I and. I just I know that I'm sure everyone agrees. Uh, certainly, the the men and women who carried out the the uh, uh, the assault, but everybody that serves, all of them that serve in in the military, just you know, this goes to prove once again because it happens all the time where we have proof positive of how magnificent our troops are and uh, uh, the kind of talent and dedication that. They demonstrate that allows us to sit around here and moan and whine the way we right, do. Right. The, um, the putting themselves at risk the way they do, plus I think we should also recognize, too, the families of the military. Well, yeah. Who oh, yeah. go through so much. Their loved ones are away, and there's exactly. difficulties involved in that. I just so. heard someone mention on the uh, television yesterday, Hitler died on the same day, May 1st. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hitler should make it a holiday. Yeah, really. That it should be... Um, that it, there was something karmic about that. That's uh, that's wild. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I just I was I you know I know everybody was transfixed to their television sets that night, pretty, Sunday night. Pretty gripping. Absolutely. And and you got to admit, as John pointed out to me, it was pretty poetic that it preempted the last ten minutes of Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to feel that they might have known that. At 7 p.m., uh, however, I think they waited. I'm doubting. I'm doubting that they did that intentionally. But um, I I, it, was, it was quite ironic. That, I mean, Trump had a bad weekend. Trump had a very bad weekend with a correspondence dinner. Um, and that that correspondence dinner was funny. If you did not get a chance to watch the Washington correspondence dinner, 
uh, in particular. I mean, Obama did a great job, but I thought Seth Meyers killed. Um, he absolutely killed. They're on YouTube. It's all on YouTube. Just do a search for White House Correspondents Dinner 2011. You can see. I thought Obama clips. was. Obama was funny. He was uh, funny. Obama was funny, but Seth Meyers, I'm telling you. I but just was imagine what was going on tears. behind the scenes, well, and he still what, managed to be up there and being funny. And this is what this is what somebody was saying in the news that you know he was in Alabama dealing with the tornadoes. He was at the correspondence dinner doing that, and while he was doing all that, this judgment call was being made. Right, and you know, talk about a poker face. Did you yeah. see the Did you see the stills from the war room? Yeah, were watching yeah, it live. Yeah, the looks on everyone's faces, and oh my god! I mean, I and just the helicopter broke down during it and had uh, mechanical issues. It was. Yeah. I, I just. It, it's our our troops. Our troops deserve such amazing. I mean, they always deserve amazing praise. This is just one of those circumstances that really highlights it. And uh, yeah, a thousand percent. You know, and I hope that this, as I posted on my Facebook page, I hope the survivors of 9 11 now get a little bit of closure. Right. Thinking what happened to their loved ones that day through no fault of their own, right. that now somebody actually has paid the price for that. Right. The one thing I was worried about in the beginning when the wars first started in Iraq and Afghanistan was that. We may end up in a situation where, uh, like Vietnam, where when the when the soldiers came home from Vietnam, they really were treated poorly by the citizens. Um, it was a war we didn't like, we didn't want, and by the time they came home, there was a lot of that. I was worried that that might happen here, but I I, I got to tell you, I don't think so. I think I that don't was think a so. lesson learned. I also think that was a much different time in history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's because it's it's. These, uh, you know, especially because you have so many of them doing multiple tours, being away from their families for, in some cases, years, um, going back over and over and over again, whether it's Afghanistan or Iraq. Um, and it's, I mean, it's like every day they're they're putting their lives in danger, and they they do it without hesitating, they do it without blinking, they know the risks, and they do it they do it out of love of country. And, you know, that's a special kind of person. That's a special kind of person. Can't ask for more. No, you really can't. My dad was in the Army for many, many years and retired. And he decided to retire right around Vietnam because every time there was a conflict that came up, he was sent there to, you know, he was Army intelligence and he had infantry background. And I'm like, wow. You know, some people who gave so much like nowadays, and then there's some people who think that, you know, it's all just handed to you, and, you know, they don't appreciate Where it came the, sac- from. You know, the sacrifices that people make. Well, you know, they, um, they say that uh, the World War II generation was the greatest generation. I think our military shows that uh, we're no slouches either. I agree. So, Does the Netherlands have an army? Yes, we like do. One guy with a rock. Uh, it's it's two guys. Is it two guys? <laughs> it's the and they throw people. the rock, yeah. rocks against each other. <laughs> no, we do have army, of course, but it's um, uh, uh, not as big. Of course, not as big as as here in America, and it's uh, it's purely professional. Um, and we try to do a lot of the. Um, uh, the NATO things around the world, mm-hmm. everywhere where there's a mission. Yeah, well, NATO headquarters is in the Netherlands, isn't it? Uh, no, it's in Belgium. Oh, in Belgium, okay. The Hague. We've got the, the Hague is the um, uh, the Peace Palace is there, and there's a lot of 
um, uh, international uh, things going on there. Okay, but just my knowledge. The, my knowledge of NATO and The Hague comes from Private Benjamin. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now wow. does, it, does anybody need to see that picture? That yes. He's actually dead? Yeah, not because I don't believe it, just because I, I want to get some popcorn and some soda <laughs> and, and enjoy it. I want to see the video, too. Pete and I want to watch it over and over again. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, you know, look, I'm not somebody who rejoices in anybody's death. I make an exception in this case. I am. I was dancing a jig along with everybody else. You know, you you, you reserve respect for the dead for people who deserve respect. I'm, I'm sorry. There's something about someone who's just pure evil. Yeah, pure evil. John and I went outside and kept screaming USA, USA until our neighbors told us to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I I think it's great uh, thinking of America to respect the Muslims' laws to that's how we bury show, him. That is how we show we're better than they yeah. are. That is how we show we are better than they are. I actually read something about this today. There was a couple of reasons for doing that. First of all, they... You're referring to the fact that he was buried at sea 24 hours immediately after the operation. They um, they wanted to respect Muslim law because of the Muslims who... The peace-loving Muslims who are here, they wanted to not offend anyone. They knew that no country would want to accept his burial there. They didn't want to offend anyone by burying him in a... Any place that might, you know, next to some a family who would want their family, who what family would want him buried next to them, and they also didn't want to create a shrine. They yeah. didn't want to create a memorial. So this tells me that there's been a lot of preparation for this. Oh yeah, no, they 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 said that it, this was a uh, uh, this was not a capture operation. The goal was to go in and kill him. I don't yeah. mean I don't even mean that. I mean I think it shows that our intelligence operation and our military. And our brass have been plotting and planning. This has been, going, that, this has been going on since August. Yeah, exactly. They well, already knew about the complex. complex. So August. The, the thinking about how we are going to handle this and what will happen if we can capture him or kill him or what we would do in either ways, that was already with the Bush uh, registration. When uh, just right after oh, Bush. Yeah. I think he said Bruce. No, Bush. Okay. <laughs> it was her. right after uh, 9-11 that they started to make those yeah, book works, going like, okay, if this happens, we're going to do this, this, and this. Well, the, so, mi- the military always comes up with contingency plans for yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 that's always, you know, and people complain about the amount of money we spend in the Defense Department, and I realize I may be getting really close to a line here, but the next time you complain about the amount of money we spend on defense, remember what just happened. That doesn't come cheap. That kind of training, that kind of expertise, that kind of technology doesn't come cheap. Cheap. It's nice when we see results. I heard that mm-hmm. they even built a mock-up of the whole uh, complex. The complex. I just heard that. Too. Well, you know, you talk about seeing results, and again, really close to a line here. Um, look at the mess that Iraq was at one point, and how far it's come. And that was military planning. That was military planning. That this is did a whole that. other conversation. But it is, it is. It is. It really is. We're going. We're going right. way. There's and nuances within that conversation. Of course, of course. But I'm just saying that that you know you look at and and at what these men and women do every right. day, um, and uh, you know this the special ops force was one small part of a much larger organization that puts their lives on the line every day. They deserve nothing but our love and respect for what they do. Um, you can disagree with. The politics of it, you can disagree with where we are and what we're doing there all you want, but no one in their right mind can take that out or blame 
the men and women who follow orders and go and do what it is they're asked to I do. Think the, be- the second best part was the fact that none of our people were hurt. Right. That's even yeah. that was even right. more brilliant. But uh, forty minutes, forty minutes in and out, forty minutes. None of in our and people, out. no innocent civilians. Yep. Really well done. So, so really now, well are done. you worried about? If there's going to be another shoe that drops, you know what? There's, there's be- always there was always the risk of another right. shoe that's going to drop. Here's the deal, and I, I don't f- think even when he was alive, I don't think there was anything that they were capable of doing on the level of September 11th ever again. You know, I, I'm, I, we're getting ready to take a trip to Europe yep. uh, in a few weeks, and I get I'm not really. I have to. Tell I'm no you. more concerned today than I was Saturday. Right. Let me put it to you that. And that's right. how it should no. be. Yeah. Yeah. The goal was always to make us afraid. Right. Yeah. Right. What is terrorist Even more mean? than the attack, right. the goal was to make us afraid. I know and after I, 9-11, that's when I used to travel a lot. And it didn't – it made me pause a little bit, but it didn't make me stop flying. We, you didn't, know? we didn't even blink because we flew the uh, September 15th from Amsterdam to uh, uh, Australia. And I've never felt more safe than that day in a plane. Right. It, yeah. It was the best security ever. Yep. But did you see on the local news now, they're starting to hype that Central Florida is, you know, like a, a higher target Well, we've area. always been a high target. But and didn't you hear the other day that Central Florida is going to have the most active hurricane system ever? Mm-hmm. You should probably get in the basement now. And I yeah, think, well, I don't have a basement. I'm going to keep well, going. We get that every year, though. Yeah. Right, we get that's every year yeah. that's going to be devastating. I, that's what you, I'm just saying that our news likes to, right. if, unless there's something that they can report on, they love to have, they have to create yeah. a crisis. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Yeah, look, like I said, I you know, I think there everybody's got to have some level of awareness when you travel, regardless of where it is. Uh that's just the world we live in. Um but you know, I there's there's no point in just staying home and hiding. Then they win. Then they right. win. And I, so I, no, I mean, people, um, you hear this all the time when he, you know, remember when the the big hype was a couple of months ago about these new body scanners? I thought I don't care if they look under my eyelids. You, uh, yeah. you want to look, yeah. look. You want to open yeah. the suitcase, open the suitcase. You want to dump it out on the floor and feel everything. I'll pack it back up. I get there two hours early for that reason. So no, there's no. I don't have well, here's more how fear I, than he, I ever did. Here's how I look at it, and this and this this drives me crazy when I go into airports and I see people giving TSA security people a hard time. I want to be the last thing they have to worry about because I want them focused on the guys that are actually there to do something wrong. Yeah. So they're doing their job. You know, if you don't like the security measures, you you know, flying's not a right. It's not in the Constitution. You have a right to get in an airplane. It is a privilege. It's a, these are private companies that own these air, airlines. It is not. They do not have to give you access. This is a security that is necessary to ensure the safety of the public. You can argue whether or not it's all security theater or if it's real or whatever, but that is what's required to fly. You don't want to do it, then don't fly. Okay, there are boats. That, there are boats that go to Europe. There are trains that go to California. You have options. We can swim. So I've always been a fan of theater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go ahead and I've uh, got one other thing um, that I want to mention. Um, I'm getting a lot of questions from some of our listeners in London about uh, what our plans are for a meet when we are in London for our Adventures by Disney. 
City of Nights and Lights and Disneyland Paris tour. Um, I have taken a look at the schedule. This is very tentative. Let me underline that. But as of right now, tentatively at this point, we are looking at the afternoon of September 4th. I'm just waiting to get confirmation back that 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 works with Adventures by Disney, that we're not interfering with anything. Um, We are not at a place yet where we can announce an exact date or exact time and place. You're talking about for a meet. For a meet, yes. For a Diz meet. Is that, where are we? Are we in? London. We're in In London. London. Yeah. How about if we meet in Harrods? (laughs) 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 Or the British Museum. So bad. Those are the two places I really want to go. Well, she came out early with uh, us. We are. We're going to be a day early. Oh, no. We've got to be a few days early. You want to get over that jet lag, have a couple days to see London. There's a lot we're not seeing in London on this tour. Do it. We're actually thinking about staying later and going back to Paris. Well, you'll be already be in Paris. No, we're going to be in the outskirts of Paris, yeah. Disneyland. Paris. After, after, as we leave Paris, we're going and go to Disneyland Paris. We're thinking of going back and staying oh, I in see. Paris. Okay. Yeah, but come uh, early and stay longer. Our, our, our travel plans were made under different circumstances, right. and we thought we should get there as soon as we could and leave as soon as we could. Our travel plans will probably change a little bit. Okay. So that's, uh, that's what we're looking at right now. If you are in the London area and are inclined to join us for a meet, uh, pencil in September 4th, 2011, uh, in the afternoon, most likely. Who's the equivalent of our Nancy Johnson out there who's going to follow us around? I don't know. Do we have a London stalker? I don't think we do. <laughs> It'd be great if we do, wouldn't it? <laughs> Maybe we could be our stalkers. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think you qualify as stalkers. You're here too much. You're invited too much. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, September 4th, for those of you in London cool. who might be interested in getting together and saying hello. So that's what I have in housekeeping. Anyone else? Anything? Anything? Okay. Johnny with the news. All right. My first news story. Florida House votes to protect online travel companies from taxes they were advised to pay. Online travel providers attempted for years to skirt paying Florida sales taxes, even though their lawyers and accountants had advised them that they were obligated to pay, according to documents released Monday, in an attempt to kill an industry bill. The recently discovered documents, uncovered during pending litigation in Georgia, were sent to all 120 members of the Florida House of Representatives. Um, The bill would shield the online travel companies from paying taxes on the retail price of hotel rooms they sell and allow them to continue to pay taxes based on the wholesale cost. The legislation is opposed by counties who say they are losing $30 million to $40 million a year in revenue and large hotel chains who see the tax break as an advantage to their online competitors. The vote against the bill, quote, is condoning a brand new tax in the state of Florida, and I don't want to create an environment where raising the cost of bringing people here at this time when we need them the most, said Representative Jimmy Petronas. Uh, According to the documents, the online resellers knew as early as 2003 that they owed the taxes to the state and have been purposely and intentionally failing to pay the taxes. The online travel companies and their supporters argue that the difference between the amount they pay hotels and the amount they charge consumers is the service they provide to help consumers search for rooms, compare prices, and make bookings. The issue has been one of the most heavily lobbied of this legislative season, 
season as the online travel industry spars against industry giants such as Walt Disney World, Marriott International, county governments, and local destination market bureaus. What this is is this is Hotels.com, Priceline, uh, right, Expedia, yeah. the ones who fortunately buy, does not affect us. Right, it, they, these are they buy up large blocks of rooms at a discount price. They charge people a price, but they're only paying the tax on what they bought the hotel room for. Not what they charge the customer. Not what they charge the customer. And so, wait a minute. So, the customer, when you're doing this online, you're going to pay the tax based on whatever they set the price at. Correct. Correct. But then they're only submitting what they bought the tax, the tax based, on, based on their wholesale. Yep. Right. That's not fair. Right. I think that's how it works. It's exactly how it works right now. You're paying a tax on the full amount that, that you're being charged for the room. They pay the hotel the tax based on what they paid the hotel for that room. And what's left over, they're saying that's right. their money for providing you with this service. Exactly, exactly. Um, I just want to make sure people understand, even though Dreams Unlimited Travel is an online agency, this is not how we operate. Yeah, we don't operate as a wholesaler. We're not a wholesaler. We don't buy blocks of rooms. We go directly to the, to the provider of the service. I find it interesting that um, it's been upheld, apparently. And this is big, big um, – uh, the House voted – I just want to get the numbers out there. The House voted 77 to 38 to exempt internet-based travel companies such as Expedia, Hotels.com, and Priceline from ta- paying taxes based on the retail rate of hotel rooms by customers. Are they smoking something? <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? It's – a very, very, very pro-business environment in Tallahassee right now. Hmm. It's a very pro-business environment. I'll just leave it at that. Because we've already, You've already, we've already waded into political waters in this show. I don't want to wait any further. Any further in. So I just people should be But aware. I got stuff to say about it, believe me. <laughs> I'll just keep it to myself. So people should be aware that when they do buy those hotel rooms at those places, that not all their money's going to the local governments where they should be going. All right. Our second news story. Former former Universal Studios worker stole $1 million in tickets. No. Yeah. A former employee of Universal Studios is accused of stealing $1 million in tickets from the Central Florida attraction. According to WFTV.com, Carmen Kunstorf told investigators, this is great, I love this, she told investigators she didn't take $1 million in tickets she said it was more like $200,000 worth. Oh, well. <laughs> well, okay then. All right. Well, that's all it was. Universal said a four-year audit proved otherwise. Kunstorf worked for the park's team member services. Her job included handing out complimentary tickets to employees for friends and family. Universal officials said she was coming in on weekends and grabbing 100 to 200 tickets at a time. The tickets have a face value of $114 each. Court documents show Kundoff told investigators she wasn't selling the tickets, but was giving them to fellow employees in exchange for a loan. She faces grand theft charges. She's smart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not selling them. I'm I'm just taking money for them. Right. It's a loan. loan. Do people really think they're not going to get caught? 100 to 200 tickets on a weekend. How do they fit? Yeah. But if you are doing it for a four-year period, well, it's it's a small chance. They probably started off a couple of tickets here and there, and they just kind of grew, you know? That's what usually happens. Yep. I mean, 
Yeah. Don't you think they're going to have something in place now at Universal for, you know, like if you take so many tickets, you have to have it verified by somebody else? Well, I don't know exactly how the Universal tickets work. I know with Disney, tickets now have barcodes on them. So they're trackable to the point where they were issued to the employees to sell them. I don't know if Universal... I think they have magnetic strips. I think so. Yeah, so I don't know if that information can be encoded on it. I think, well, how arrogant can you be? These million things? dollars in tickets. Yeah. First you start off taking a couple, next thing you That's know... That's a lot of tickets. Yeah, next mm-hmm. thing you know you're in a mansion in Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really... Too really, soon? I really, <laughs> I really want to know what they consider a mansion in Pakistan. All I've seen so far is little snippets of it. I want. I, I think pretty much if you have a, if you have an indoor bathroom, I, yeah, I, it wasn't very nice. I just I want. I really would like the tour. I would like them to do like yeah, this is just from the shots that they were showing. I'm like, okay, he's living in the lap of luxury, really. But well, his room I, had carpeting. It's the better than a cave, kidding. I guess. Yeah, I guess it's a step up from the cave. I always wondered how they got the dialysis machine into the cave. And where you plugged it in. Yeah, you know. <laughs> All right. Our third story. Theme parks ramp up seasonal hiring. This comes from our friend Jason Garcia over at the Orlando Sentinel. Universal Orlando said Monday it plans to hire more than 1,000 seasonal workers to handle this su- this year's summer crowds. And that will bump up starting pay for the jobs by 50 cents an hour. The announcement comes as all three Orlando's big theme park resorts gear up for the summer one of the busiest periods on the calendar. SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment said Monday it is filling 2,000 summer positions at its five Florida parks, including SeaWorld Orlando, Aquatica and Discovery Cove in Orlando, Busch Gardens, Tampa Bay, and Adventure Island in Tampa. Walt Disney World on Friday launched a week-long online job fair to recruit an unspecified number of extra lifeguards and workers in quick service foods, merchandise, attractions, and entertainment. To compete for workers, Universal said it will raise the starting pay for its seasonal jobs from seven twenty-five an hour, the current minimum wage, to seven seventy-five an hour. The two-park resort has been drawing record crowds since opening the Wizarding World of Harry Potter last summer. Universal said its seasonal pay can reach ten seventy-five an hour, depending on the position. It will add workers in attractions operations, entrance operations, food service, culinary merchandise, parking, transportation, and more. Universal will hold job fairs at its human resources buildings this Thursday, May 5th. Let's go apply. And again, May 12th. <laughs> you want to be Harry Potter? Yeah. Is that what you want to do? <laughs> I, want to sell, I want to sell glow stuff. Yeah. Interested candidates must apply online at www.universalorlandojobs.com. Normally, I would... I would, I would Complain about the seven seventy five an hour, but considering the job market here in Orlando, really at this point, any new job is a good job. SeaWorld, which has already added an extra seventeen hundred workers for the spring break period, said summer job seekers can log in to www.seaworld.com or bushgardens.com and click on the jobs link. Pr- prospective Disney employees can apply for seasonal jobs at www.waltdisneyworld.com dot jobs Look, slash, everybody's checking their iPads. slash job fair disney's online job fair will continue until may 4th may the, 8th i'm sorry the nether people are applying as we speak <laughs> <laughs> you're here long enough 
You can work during your whole vacation. Yeah, really. But it's my vacation. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. I found it very interesting that everybody's pushing for these jobs. Usually, they don't have to go this work this hard for it. Usually, people are coming in and doing them. So I wonder what's going on that they have to push so hard. Well, I think for Universal, it's the fact that they you know are busier and need I mean, so many more. They people need than more usual. people. Yeah. yeah, I really think that's it. And Universal is now. Um, Taking the jobs that people might have gone to Disney for, correct. You're willing to pay me ten seventy five an hour, I'll drive over to Universal. Well, I think for ten seventy five an hour, you got to be like. Uh, I think you're probably charactered. Yeah, probably skilled in some sort. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, look, like I said, normally, I would say seven seventy five an hour. You're to be ashamed of yourself, but uh, given how bad the job market is here right now, it's, what does McDonald's pay? Is it minimum wage? I'd much rather work in a theme park than McDonald's. I agree. Yeah. Depends on your job. You'll be out in the Florida heat. But if you're flipping burgers, it doesn't matter if you do it at McDonald's or Disney. I would rather do it with Disney than... Apples to apples, you're right. And you're going to be inside in a place. Yeah, but you could be standing next to that turkey leg cart in 110 degree weather. Or like you said, selling gold glow sticks on Main Street right. when it's 100 or cleaning up after the horses that in the parade you know yeah but you also have to remember at Disney there is a I think a factor that probably isn't as big a factor at Universal and that is the number of people especially frontline cast members who work for Disney out of their love for Disney right. yeah. um, you see that a lot you see that an awful lot and one of the things that's always kind of bothered me is how Disney kind of takes advantage of that um, by you know they know that they're that these guys will work for very little because they wa- want to be they want to work there and they want to be a part of that that they grew up with it or that it's been part of their their reality uh, somewhere along the way in their lives and you know I, so I think Disney has the edge there because I don't think there's an I mean I, I'm not going to say there's none but I don't think there are as as many uh, people. Uh, that will take a job at Universal in the sa- for that same reason as they would at Disney. For that love uh, of it. I don't think the affinity is as strong. Affinity, as right. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. So. Agree. All right. That'll do it for the news. All right. Thank you very much, John. Let's move on to Rapid Fire. Who would like to go first? I will. I just read this week that uh, Southwest Airlines has acquired AirTran. Yes. I was mm-hmm. kind of surprised to see that. They have purchased AirTran. I read that it's going to take about a year to incorporate it in there. Your AirTran frequent flyer miles will become Southwest frequent flyer miles. And eventually it will all be one airline. But at the current rate, it is at the uh, right now for the next year, you will still make airline reservations through each of the airlines independently. But eventually it will all fold into Southwest, which will open up a couple uh, uh, it will open up a couple new markets. AirTran has a couple new, a couple extra uh, routes that, routes that yeah. Air Southwest doesn't currently fly. So that's nice. That's going to be really good, I think. I like Southwest. I was just going to say, but we're fans of Southwest. So. And you know, I got to. I have nothing against Southwest, but I, I've got to tell you, Delta has turned me into a fan. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who listen to the show for any length of time, um, there was a time. Where I wouldn't fly a Delta flight if they were paying me. And then uh, last April, last April, I flew them out to, uh, <coughs> to Europe. And I've been flying them ever since. And I got to tell you, they, they've been great. They've been great. 
I, again, I'm knocking wood here. Have not had a flight delayed. Have not come across a nasty employee either on the ground at the gate or on, on the plane. Um, incredibly friendly, very helpful. Uh, when I call, if I have an issue, when I call, I get somebody who's friendly and professional and knowledgeable and not, you know, being an idiot. I don't know how much more I could ask for from an airline. No, I agree with you. They used to be pretty crummy. Yeah, they were they, horrible. And they've gotten very nice. I can remember being on flights where they like, thank you for being there. And nowadays, it's the little things that matter. Yeah. And I said, our flights were flawless. Excellent. And the service was just, you know, great. And that's been my experience. That's been my experience. Uh, like I said, you know, I started flying them last year. I've flown them a lot. I've been, been doing a lot of flying. And so far, you know, I'm racking up my sky miles and I'm happy with them. And that's our experience with United. We yeah. always fly with United. And I don't have any complaints except from if you call their call center you will be transferred to Asia or something. India. It, yeah. Whatever. They sp- and nasty. They really need translation. And they were nasty. And I had a, a run-in with them a couple years ago. There, I've only had one person that was nasty. And the rest of them are very nice, very helpful. And, and I always get what I want. So that's good. And Delta is really good, too. If you're a, um, like a status frequent flyer, you can ask for a status match. And you can transfer over to Delta and be the same status. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how I first oh, I didn't started know flying back with Delta. Was They offered me a status match. I was um, chairman's preferred with uh, U.S. Airways. And I went to Delta, and they matched it. Wow. So if you're looking for a change and you're already a frequent flyer, check out Delta. They're liable to offer you the same thing. And i uh, I got to be honest. Um, almost every flight I take with Delta domestically um, – I've been upgraded to first with uh, my Sky Miles. Once you get to, and I'm silver, I'm at the lowest tier. I'm working on gold this year, but. Um, Southwest gave me two bags of peanuts. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the thing I like too about Delta is with some of the other airlines, when you're on their upgrade list, it's sort of like the day of the week, the mood of the gate agent. Where Delta has the TV screens. And they tell you what and, number you are on the list. And you can see exactly where you are. And so if somebody jumps you or whatever, you see right there what's going on. Yep. There's nothing yep. like behind the scenes. It's all it's, right out there for it's you. It's the same for you. It's very transparent. Yep. yep. I can go yep. online and I can see, you know, what my upgrade status is. So, no, I'm, I'm really happy with Delta. So, I realize this story was about Southwest. Sorry for hijacking that. And but. I was the only one that didn't get stopped going through security when the four of us went out. Well, that's because I always travel with my equipment, and they see some of the, they see all those wires and yeah. stuff. They're like, "Okay, let's see what this guy's doing." Which, again, you know, I'm absolutely fine with. Yeah. I'm like, "Take your." Yeah. That's why I get there early because I know it's going to happen. Take your time, go through it. Anything you need me to do, I'm not here to give you a hard time. I've got nothing to hide, so go for it. That's the same with for us with bringing food over here. We don't bring like Dutch food for ourselves, but we bring cheese and. Chocolates and that kind of stuff. Do you have any with you now? No. <laughs> I do have chocolates, but that's from the Target. So. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Yvette? I've got a rapid fire, of course. Um, as told in last week's rapid fire, the British invasion in the United Kingdom pavilion ends. Uh, it's run at April 30th. That's already ended. Um, on May 3rd. Today? Uh, yep. A new four-piece high-energy band, the British Air Waves, will replace the British Invasion. 
spanning decades of popular British music, every show of this new act will be a chronicle journey with random fun facts about songs and artists through the years. From Dave Clark 5, I don't know who that is. Oh, I know them. Okay. <laughs> and but yeah, but you also don't. Know, you, you also you've yeah, also okay, never okay, seen okay, I Love okay. Lucy. Okay. Uh, the Beatles, I do know them, and the music of Led, Zepp- uh, Led Zeppelin and the Who. The performance. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I do know. Okay. I do know. The performances are 20 minutes long and take place Tuesday till Fridays at three, four thirty, six, seven, and eight p.m. On Saturdays at three. 4.30, and 7 p.m. On Sunday and Monday, they have no performances. And always check your guide for the right times. And uh, our own Scott Smith is actually heading over today to check mm-hmm. out their first performance. Cool. And one of the people from his band is in the group. And by his oh. band, no, which band? Which Megaphone. Was, from Megaphone, okay. Yeah, Scott, uh, Scott Smith is in a band called Megaphone. Uh, he's also... Uh, one of the performers for Mulch, Sweat, and Shears over at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. So, he's a very talented musician, Mr. S- Mr. Scott is. So, Yvette, or Yvette, <laughs> Emil. <laughs> the other Yvette. <laughs> Oops. Yvette uh, 2. Yvette 2, yeah. Star Wars Weekends 2, 3, and 4 will feature celebrities from the live action feature films and voice artists from the Clone Wars. Um, they should be good. Yeah, tell us who they are. Yeah. <laughs> I will. That's not too difficult, though. I read them, and I thought, I first of all, I don't know who they are. I can't pronounce their names. I think I can. Okay. But if not, I'm sure you'll help me. <laughs> okay, so the next um, celebrity appearances are scheduled. For May 20th through 22nd, it's Anthony Daniels. Did I pronounce that right? Yep. <laughs> That's the little robot guy. Yeah, it's C-3PO. And the Clone Wars special guest is Dave Filoni. He's a supervising director. On May 27th through 29th, it's Anthony Daniels again. Who has nothing to do with Apparently. Apparently. He's going to be there every day, and even after it ends. <laughs> hanging out. I'm C-3PO. He's looking for the 775 way... <laughs> World's gayest robot, C-3PO. Oh, oh, come on. That's a gay robot. He was British. He wasn't gay. British gay? There are British gay people. <laughs> there are. Really? <laughs> okay. Also, uh, Bruce Spence will be there, who is Tion Midon. And the Clone Wars special talent guest will be D. Bradley Baker, who is Captain Rex. On June These 3rd. people could be laying on the street, and I wouldn't know who they <laughs> no. were. Oh, Tell well. me that doesn't sound gay. I'm Captain Rex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to save your clone. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> well, it is the Clone Wars, so, you know, the clones, the guys with the mustaches that from the 70s and all the like, we called them clones. Never mind. you got to explain the joke. It's not a good no, one. Then so. it's not a good one. I thought he was saying cologne. No, clone, the Clone Wars. It's a bunch of people dressed up, a bunch of guys dressed up like the village people fighting each other. The Clone Wars. Get it? Get it? Get it? Get it? I do now. I do now. <laughs> All right. June, three, June 3rd through 5th, uh, Ray Park will be there, who is Darth Maul. Jeremy Bullock, who is Baba Fett. And the Clone Wars voice, voice talent guest will be Matt Lanter, who is Anakin. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought so. I, yeah. I want to go. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> 
You can have my spot. <laughs> and the last week, which will be June 10th until 12th, Ray Park, again, Peter Mayhay. Mayhay. Sorry. Mayhay. 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 Sorry. The gayest Star Wars weekend ever, isn't it? <laughs> Captain Rex and Mayhay. And the Clone Wars voice talent guest will be Tom Kane, who's Yoda. What's the Clone Wars? That was the uh, animated series. The animated series. series. I watched a little bit of it. You're lucky you got me going to go to the movie. Yeah, I didn't watch that. We also have uh, uh, Dave Parfitt's interview with Ashley Eckstein uh, this week, who's uh, one of the... She's actually, no, but she's actually an up-and-comer in Hollywood. She's like, you know, she's going somewhere. She's like, you know... Back home to Kansas? She's been there the last couple (laughs) years, too. Yeah, but she's, you know... So we have an interview with her this week. So there. And if you're going, just get there early. If you're trying to get your the, the, you have to get tickets to get in to get their autographs. And it's like really early in the morning for the popular ones that they line up to like the right side of the entrance where you get your tickets. Right. To it's see not like people. just standing in line and getting someone's autograph. It's right. almost like you have to get a fast pass right. to get their autograph. Tell and us about that st- special event that was going to happen early in the morning. And if you go, you can get those tickets early. Okay, I'm looking it. it up. Hold on. We're looking it up. That's uh, Dave Parfit is hosting a special event for Give Kids the World. And uh, it's Sunday, May 22nd. It's happening from 6.30 to 9.30, and it includes breakfast inside Disney's Hollywood Studios. The location is the Backlot Express adjacent to Star Tours. We'll be having breakfast inside Hollywood Studios before the park opens on the first Sunday of Star Wars weekend. The party will be held at... I already said that. There will be a silent auction to raise additional money for Give Kids the World. The silent auction ends at 8 a.m. Once the park opens at 8 a.m., you may have to leave the event if you choose, and you may leave the event and choose to enjoy any of the attractions in the park, or you can stay and mix and mingle with us until 9.30 a.m. Attendance at this breakfast will not guarantee first in line or ride first ride status for the new Star Wars attraction. We're going to go to that, right? Uh, we are. We are. The cost is fifty dollars for an adult, uh, ages ten and up, and twenty five dollars for children three to nine. Children I'm gonna, I'm gonna dress up. What? Who are you going? I'm going as Pizza the Hut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Mel. Too bad we aren't there. I would love to see that. I'll take pictures. Please Good. do. Here. So far, there's a whole bunch of people. There's about 60 of us going so far. Is it up to 60? 60-ish. Mm-hmm. You didn't count them all. I, I, there's, a huge, there's a huge list there's here. There's a big list. I'm, it's happening really early in the morning. I, you know, that prevents you from counting the list? It's Star Wars. It's Star Tours. Come on. Get up. Well, the cool thing is go. it's going to be the new Star Tours ride. And it's going to help give kids oh, the world. Also, oh my God, I almost forgot. I almost for, I, In housekeeping, I meant to put this in housekeeping. Um, on the on the subject of fundraisers for Give Kids the World, one of our, our listeners has a brother in uh, she lives in Boston has a brother who owns a movie theater, and he has agreed to open up his theater just for us on July second for a private screening of Cars Two. It's about a week after it opens. Um. We're, uh, we'll have a, sh- a link to it in the show notes page so you can find the, the thread where it's going on. We need 100 people to show up for this. It's in Boston? It's in Boston. Walter and I are going. 
Walter and I will be there because um, we really want to support this, and uh, uh, we think it's a, a great a, a great idea. Um, and this is exactly the kind of creativity I've been asking people to come up with for helping us raise money for the power of 10 and for Give Kids the World. So if you are in the New England area and are so inclined, July 2nd is the date. Uh, we will have details eventually. Uh, we need to Before we can do it, we need to know we're going to have 100 people. So, what did, do we know? If the is he going to charge, and then the money will go to give kids the world one hundred. Yeah, it's going to be I, I, what she's suggesting right now is that it's going to be a ten dollar, ten dollars to come in and see the movie. One hundred percent of that goes to give kids the world. Wow, wow. amazing! So, I, I mean, it's a really generous yeah. offer, and that's why, like I, I said, it was so creative. And I might have to use some frequent flyer. Miles. I haven't been up to Boston in so long. Um, I'm dying to, dying to go to Boston again. So Walter and I are going to be there. Possibly some other members of the team will yeah, be there. I just get the thumbs up from Kevin. We're going to try. Uh, July 2nd. July 2nd is the date. And we will have more details for you shortly. But if you are interested, uh, please uh, post on the thread. We'll have a link on the show notes page. Podcast.wwinfo.com. That's a great place to be for the 4th of July, Boston. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Make, a, make a weekend out of it. Plus, I've got family up there. We make it down to Jersey and... Still haven't taken Walter to New York. Got to do that. Got to do that. Got to do that. I feel like I've been a bad husband. Even though I bought us tuxedos yesterday. Because we have another fundraiser coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, the Black and White Gala uh, for Give Kids the World over at the Peabody. So Walter and I have got our... What date is that? That's the 14th. May 14th. It's a Saturday yeah. evening. It's probably coming up too soon. What we should do is we should do something where if uh, our listeners want to go, donate money, and the highest person can join us. We have a table. Dreams Unlimited Travel has a table at the event. The person who donates the highest amount of money, not the highest person. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of soon to do it. It's kinda- yeah. We just we just. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, because we've already bought a table. Right, we've got table. 10 tickets to the event. Let me think of something. Okay. I'll post it on the board. So I'll come up with an idea, and we'll post it on the boards, on the podcast board. So It's tough because you have you to just spring, He's springing this on me here. I just thought of it. Genius does not know time limits. Oh, I see. <laughs> it just occurs. I see. Is somebody running these all down? Yeah, really, because you know we'll forget them. Yeah, we're going to forget all this stuff. I don't have a piece of paper. You have every computer known to man in front of you. <laughs> Can't take notes. Wait a minute, here's an old envelope. You can write on that. Genius, <laughs> no bounds. No time limits. No time limits. Kathy, what do you have? Disney released the uh, dates for the Halloween party and the Christmas party. Um, we have those up on our website, but if you're looking for that sweet spot where you can do Halloween and Christmas within your vacation, the last Halloween party is November the 1st. The, yeah, the last Halloween party is the 1st. The first Christmas party is the 8th. And if you stay till the 15th, you'll be able to go to the Easter parade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Just imagine that they're going to take the Halloween decorations down pretty quickly so that they can put up the Christmas decorations. But there's a lot of people I know last year that were interested in trying to plan their vacation so that they could do both. So we'll have the prices. There's 
um, military discounted tickets. There's annual pass discounted tickets. There's advanced purchase night tickets where they're a little bit cheaper. So just look on the website. We have all the details. Before Warren, Disney's website's been really wacky with these. Yeah, really wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, things like you can buy the adult ticket for the day, but the child ticket you couldn't buy online. You had to call up. So just before Warren, you might just want to forgo the whole website and go and call them up and buy these tickets. And I've also had um, some people that are like, are they going to sell out already? It's really too early for them to start selling out on tickets. Could I go back for just a second? Sure. Actually, there is a thread on our boards about the fundraising event in New England. New England cars to meet to benefit the power of 10. Tara, TSW Jan 78 on the boards has started this thread and is looking for people to join us. So looks like a pretty cool thing. It really does. He manages, uh, he doesn't own it, he manages Cinema World Theaters in Boston. That would make it July 2nd at 10 a.m. is what she's suggesting. So that's where we're at with that. And a number of people, a number of people seems to be... uh, good with it oh that's right it's my niece robin's birthday and she's up there she's gonna be there yeah that's that's perfect got a lot of people saying they're gonna show up this is great it will be a nice birthday gift hint hint (laughs) (laughs) i don't think so listen to her all right, and I'm I'm totally off here now. Are we are you, Kathy's you, all set, Kathy. Yep. John, what do you have? I don't have a rapid fire. Oh, lazy, 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 lazy. I'm telling you, just phoning it in. I am phoning it in each week. <laughs> Get it? It's worse and worse, doesn't it? It you gets mean worse. We can telecommute. Really. All right. Well, I guess that will do it for rapid fire. That will also do it for. Anyway, yours. I, my rapid fire is the damn show. Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot. I'm the puppet master. <laughs> right. So that will do it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged. Remember, coming up this week, we have Kathy Worling telling us about some of the new stores at Downtown Disney. John Magi and his advice on dealing with gas prices when driving to Disney World. And, of course, our new segment, Ask the Nether People. Yvette and Emil are going to tell us about audios, audios, Disney's audio description devices for people with visual impairments. And, of course, Dave Parfit with his interview of Star Wars' Ashley Eckstein all coming up for you this week. So thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another episode of The Diz Unplugged. Have a good week. Remember... Stay out of the damn lakes. <laughs>